What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Dissect That Film, where we dissect your favorite films, film franchises, and TV. Today, on episode 58 of the podcast, we are sitting down to talk about another movie celebrating its 40th anniversary, John Carpenter's The Thing, or a.k.a. Among Us, the movie. Elf, yes. Yes, it is. Exactly what it is. Fuck yeah, it is, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I am your host, Brett Parker. Joining me, as always, is the wonderful Dan and Angela of DNA Gaming. Hello. Hello. The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. Not to be confused with the 2011 The Thing, which didn't have... Which, which is a prequel, yes. And we will talk about that movie on the show because I do... I have actually never seen that The Thing. Uh, but I know it's a prequel and I've seen... Like, I saw it watch the kill count on Dead Meat for it and stuff, but I've never actually watched the whole movie. So I do want to talk I about it either. at some point because it does link to this movie even, even though people... There's a lot of people who don't like this movie or like that movie. And to I be honest, seen, not a lot of people like this movie back when it was released. And I will say that I watched the, I've seen some clips from it in the CG, CG it looks fucking terrible in that movie. Mm-hmm. The we'll talk, one, we'll talk more in depth on that movie when the time comes. I don't know where I'm going to cover it, but we'll cover it at some point. But John Carpenter's the thing. Yes, everything, when John Carpenter made a movie, ever, always had his name above the title of the movie. <laughs> It was always John Carpenter's Halloween, John Carpenter's The Thing. Actually, was it John Carpenter's Escape from L.A. or Escape from New York? I don't know. It probably was. I have no idea. I have no Um, idea. He usually brands his material. Yeah. So John Carpenter's The Thing was released June 25th, 1982. So in a couple, well, actually next week from when you all hear this, it'll be celebrating its 40th anniversary. 1982 was a good fucking year for movies. We had Poltergeist, which, before we state all the movies that this movie had to compete with, uh, this movie bombed at the box office. Yep. It was budgeted at $15 million, which was one of John Carpenter's higher budgets of his career, and it only made $19.6 million at the box office. Made its money back. Oh, shit. But not a lot more. Here's the problem. In 1982, a lot of really good movies came out. Not to say this isn't great. This is a fantastic movie. But it had to compete with Poltergeist, which the reason Poltergeist was so popular was, one, it was a good movie, but two, it had Steven Spielberg's name attached to it. He was an executive producer on the movie. Toby Hooper was the director of that movie, which, you know, a lot of people, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was more of a hit uh, back in the 70s, and his name was just very synonymous with with horror, but also Steven Spielberg. You put Steven Spielberg's name on anything, people are going to see it. Yep. E.T. came out a week after that, which, of course, was directed by Steven Spielberg. And that... I thought it came out before it. No, it was Poltergeist, then E.T., and then The Thing came out out two weeks after E.T. And you know what movie came out the same exact day as The Thing? I know. Blade Runner. (laughs) Yep, but that bombed too. It did. It did. So yep. uh, June 25th, not a good day for uh, yep. for movies uh, back in 1982. But it just, it's so crazy. I think the, so the reason why this movie did poorly was the reception it got from critics. The critics destroyed this movie. 
Yeah, they did. They just, you know, it was it was tasteless. It was too gory. It was like it was pretty much just like slamming John Carpenter for just you just want to. It's just it's too gross. This is too much. You know, we don't we don't need these the you know this type of of horror. I read one of the reviews say that the 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 effects looked like shit, and I was like, "Are you serious? What did we watch? Did they even watch the fucking movie?" Apparently, we watched a different movie than they did. The funny thing is, is John Carpenter has even stated that not everything that uh, Rob Bottin created looked good. There's actually some shots in the movie where they had to where they used some of his effects where they had to light it a certain way because it looked like shit. From John Carpenter's words, not mine. Uh, okay. That that looked like shit, you know, with the light on it a certain way. It just looked too fake. Like, okay. uh, for instance, the scene where Mac and uh, Doc, they discover the guy who, who slit his wrists in the other and outpost. And they cut his throat open. Yeah, yeah, Cooper. So it was... Um, copper. Yeah, it was cop. Yeah, cop. copper. It's yeah. copper. I know, um, I always get mixed up. He... Uh, from what I've seen is that John Carpenter hate Like, it looked awful from, from what he states and so they had to light it a certain way for it to actually look yeah. somewhat real yeah yeah i it's noticed great, in the lighting i was like it's oh. great it's still good. um <laughs> but this is some of the best practical effects i've ever seen ever yep ever this yep. is from 1982 yep the fact that movies can't do this as well anymore or they're just too afraid to and i feel that's the that's the main reason um, and, and to kind of, you know, I said we weren't really going to talk about the 2011 prequel, but the 2011 prequel was made with practical effects. They did practical effects for the entire movie, but it, when it was tested, they, the, they didn't like, the studio didn't like how it looked with the practical effects. That oh, it would, look, it would look so much better if we just, just do CG. There you go. It just looks like people who don't understand like. And this is, you know, of course, the, the prequel to the thing was made because of the cult following and the the newfound respect for this movie. Yeah. And they're like, well, we need to know what happened to that other outpost, because that's what the prequel is all about. It's about the other outpost, the Norwegian outpost that you, you know, see little glimpses of in this. But. Yeah, that's the problem, man. And I feel that's why it didn't do so well. I feel if you left those practical effects in, it would have probably done a lot better than what it did. Because CG doesn't make everything better. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't. I know you can do more things, especially with movement, but you didn't need it to be like that. Just look at what this movie did. But sometimes when they do the movement, it doesn't look right. It just looks fake. Like when it's, it moves, yeah. it just looks like it's shit. Just, it's it's just disappointing. It's it's yeah, disappointing to literally see behind the scenes of the 2011 prequel, and you see the amazing practical effects of some of these creatures, and they're like, nah, just cover it in CG. They literally took all those practical effects and just coated it with CG, and then it was like, that's eh, fine. Had to like reshoot that. It was terrible. We'll talk more about that later. <laughs> Please, yeah. But the thing, yeah, it just, it wasn't popular. You know, of course, critics were a big deal. Like, I feel like critics were a lot more of a big deal back in the day when you didn't have the internet. You know, yeah. the internet is still so far uh, from being a thing where, you know, people were looking at these critics' reviews of, of movies in order to determine, is it worth my money to go see yeah. it? You know, yeah. 
And even in 1982, it wasn't like you were going to be like, well, I'll just wait till it comes out on home video because even back in that time, home video was fairly new mm-hmm. and it was expensive. Mm-hmm. You, you, you buy a VHS for a movie for like $30 or more. Yeah. I mean, I know Blu-rays yeah. now are a similar price, but it, they were expensive. They were probably even more than what I, what I just said. But yeah, it's, it's just disappointing. But you're also going up against two things that had Steven Spielberg's names attached to it. You have, you know, of course, you have a movie about a, a cute alien or as cute as you want to believe. Uh, you know, a, it's, a, it's a heartwarming story about an alien. And then it's like, yeah. go watch that alien movie where it's people being morphed into these the most absurd creatures I've ever seen. But yeah. They're awesome. Yes, they're so, so awesome. good. Tasty. Uh, we just talked about Rob Bottin. He was the special effects artist uh, behind this movie, and he was only 22 years old when he worked on this movie, which is just unreal. He yeah. he also stated as one of the hardest movies he's ever worked on. Of course, it was like I the beginning of his it. career, so you yeah. know, doing a lot more, and he did it all pretty much himself, you know, with the help of of you know certain people, but the majority of it was him. And there was actually at a point where he was working so hard that he like suffered from exhaustion and he got sent to the hospital because he was just so like diehard, like making sure everything looked so good. But I praise him for, for the work he did. Cause it's, it just, everything looks so good. Yeah. It's, and it's sad. We can't get that anymore. No, not anymore. So this was, of course, directed by John Carpenter, who, you know, if you don't know who John Carpenter is, he's the one behind Halloween, uh, Escape from New York and L.A. Well, you don't really need to talk about Escape from L.A. Uh, Christine. <laughs> yep. I mean, there's a lot of amazing films that he has. A Big Trouble in Little China, Salt on Precinct 13. They Live in the Mouth of Madness. And, of course, uh, he's you know, executive produces a lot of the the newer Halloween movies as well. And he created a lot of music for the movies that he directed, except for this one. Yep. He was slated to do the music for this because that's what he does. And he just, it was a lot on his plate and he just decided, oh, let's, we're going to just bring a composer in. And so they brought in Ennio Morricone, who is a big time Italian a composer. He did a lot of Tarantino's movies back in like the late 80s and up until Hateful Eight. Uh, he actually won a Razzie for the score for the thing back in 1982. And then his final film, which was The Hateful Eight, he won an Oscar. So it's kind of all. <laughs> I mean, he's been working. He worked for a long time. He was working through like the 60s. He did a lot of Sergio Leone uh westerns and i mean he's a very iconic composer i love the score of this movie though (laughs) i love it too it's very brooding and you get those deep basses like like you get this it's it's great it's good score just just the sets the the mood yeah the opening credits just showing the names on the on the screen of who's in this movie and there's nothing behind it it's just names but just his like very simplistic like those tones great this was based on a short story called Who Goes There uh, by John W. Campbell Jr. This is technically a remake of the 1951 The Thing from Another World. Yes. Which John Carpenter actually used in Halloween. It's actually the movie that uh, Laurie and 
Tommy are watching at Tommy's house. Uh, I believe the Howard Hawks. Yeah. The guy that made it. I think it was the guy that made yep. it. Yeah. Uh, and actually cool, cool fact. Cause I've been watching a lot of uh, special effects videos on YouTube. Um, I've been getting really into it for some reason. Uh, but the fire effects that they used in the original, the thing from 1951 was actually some of the first fire stunts ever done on film. Oh, really? Yeah. And that uh, was, um, go, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, so no, 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 go ahead. I don't know what I was about to say. The guy who portrayed the thing in the thing from another world was James Arness, big actor in the fifties. Mm-hmm. And his brother was, uh, damn it. He was in, he was an airplane. Fuck, I can't think of. Uh, oh, it's. Uh, I think it's William. Gra- is it William Graves? <laughs> no, I can't remember. James Graves. I don't know. Anyway, two brothers, different names. I just forgot to throw it out there. That's Something cool. like that. So yeah, so this was. Um, so yeah, so footage from the original, <clears throat> the thing was used in Halloween. And when they wanted to do the remake, this wasn't actually something that John Carpenter sought out. This was actually something Universal kind of gave to him and was like hey we want you to do a remake of the thing from another world and he's like okay yeah sure, cool so him and his writing partner at the time bill lancaster uh they wrote the script for this uh actually john carpenter and bill La- uh, lancaster were also the ones who wrote the first script for the 84 Firestarter before they were replaced by uh, the director and the producer who later ended up doing the movie but uh, yeah, they, you know, this was a kind of a, a passion for Carpenter. He was a huge fan of the original. Uh, the fact that Universal came to him to to do it was a big deal. But unfortunately, because of the fact that this didn't do so well at the box office, that's what kind of got Firestarter taken away from him. Um, but then he ended up doing Christine, which, to be honest, is a better movie than Firestarter. So <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. This movie stars the legendary Kurt Russell. Just yes. rocking the best beard ever put on yeah. screen. We got uh, w- uh, Wilford Brimley. Um, we're not going to do any diabetes jokes. It's just it's been done to Damn it. literally exhaustion. <laughs> but he play yeah, he he's great in this movie. Uh, let's let's go through the cast here. Uh, he plays Blair. We have Keith David. Oh man, Keith David's so cool as Childs. Yeah. Dude could read me anything. He's oh, one of my so favorite good. like narrators. So He's great. <laughs> uh, Richard Masser, who plays Clark, who's the the dog guy. TK Carter plays Nulls. David Clennon, who's probably my favorite character up until uh, his demise. He's the one who plays Palmer. He's just the outrageous guy who smokes the biggest doobies of yeah. all time. <laughs> Past them, dudes. <laughs> That's what we were oh. talking about. We're like, what does he do besides he, smoke weed? He, he is uh, assistant. He's he's the uh, helicopter mechanic in a pilot in training. Oh, okay. I looked that up. I was like, what the fuck does yeah, this guy do? Cool. I know what everybody else does for the most part, except for him. So except outrageous. for get high. He, doesn't he has do one of the. But get high. He has one of the greatest lines of the movie, where he tur- where the freaking head of Norris when it pops off and it grows the spider legs and it crawls yeah. away and he just turns and he goes. You gotta be fucking kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great it's great delivery. Kurt, supposedly it. Kurt Russell still laughs his ass off to this day whenever he hears that line because he said it was yeah. one of the greatest lines ever spoken in film. 
It's it's so, so good. good. It's so good. Uh, Richard Dysart plays Doctor Copper, though they just call him Doc. Uh, Charles yeah. Hallahan plays Norris, who has one of the coolest deaths and like transformations of the <laughs> entire film. It's the most yeah. iconic scene. Uh, Peter Maloney, who plays Bennings, who I, I mean, God, we'll we'll talk more in depth about all these awesome transformation effects and everything. Uh, Donald Moffat who plays Gary. I'm trying to think. I've seen him in something else. Fuck, he was in Popeye, I, I guess. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I've seen him in something else. He's, too. I can't he's very him. recognizable. Clear and present danger. He uh he died in Sleepy Hollow, New York. Isn't that weird? That's oh, a very weird fact for him. Uh Joel Polis who plays Fuchs, who has the worst death of this entire movie. Uh, Thomas Waits, who plays Windows, which is one of the weirdest nicknames you could give to someone. I... <laughs> oh, is that really his name or are they just making fun of him? It's his nickname, I guess. Yeah. But I, I just thought I was like Windows. That's a that's an odd nickname to have. But yeah, I mean, great cast, great effects. The atmosphere is just, I mean, I, I want to say chilling, but that's like, <laughs> it's fucking cold. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it does instill you with a very nice sense of dread, um, isolation, mm-hmm. and just not knowing and distrust. Because you'll just see characters like venture off and just disappear. It'll come back. Yeah. And or just like, wander around, run yeah. away. Yeah. And they'll set, you'll, you'll see somebody like, oh, where are they going? Like you'll, somebody you'll see them yeah. go out of a window and they'll disappear. You're like, what the hell you guys know on? what's going on. What the fuck you doing? Right. It's, it's, it's so good. This is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Like it's just so eerie every time I watch it. And the first time I watched this movie was probably when I was fairly little probably like seven, eight years old, which is way too young to watch this movie just because of, I mean, those effects are terrifying, but. Our yes. daughter watched it. So. She came in. She, she came was in questions. during the good transformation. What's his name? The red haired curly guy. Norse. 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 Norse tra- yeah. During that whole scene, she just. Oh, I mean, it's, I mean, like, it's great. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn. I mean, I, I'm, I, I probably, you know, for the time, I know people watch horror movies when they were very, very little. I watched Jaws when I was like four or five years old, which, you know, a lot of people wouldn't consider it a horror movie, but it's pretty fucking, it's scary. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people get turned off of going in the water after watching that movie. And, you know, I watched Child's Play and Friday, you know, Fridays and Nightmares and all that stuff when I was fairly young. So, like, I think it's awesome to see, like, you know, I wish my kids could would get into horror a little bit more. Like my son's getting into Stranger Things now, which this season is fairly creepy. But uh, you know, as you long know, as funny. they under, as long as they understand it's not real. Yeah, then well, it's see, cool. Telling her. So check this out. So speaking of that, we'll talk about this. She walked in during the scene because I kept saying it's Among Us the movie, like just joking, like you guys don't have to watch. She it. got we super have excited. To watch it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was like, hey, they're trying to figure out who the imposter is now. Then she got interested, and this all mm-hmm. happened. I was like, you don't have to watch this. I'll cover your eyes, whatever. She sat there and watched all that. The head run off. That's awesome. And then it was when the two scenes that did her in was when they were doing the blood test, and you that really convincing shot. Out. Yeah. No, 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 not that one. It's on uh, Nall's thumb. When they cut Nall's thumb open. Oh, yeah. The first guy, it's that real good-looking practical effect. Yep. She's just like, 
oh, like that was, and then they did it to, um, they did it to somebody else right there where it was from the, the nail side, shot from the nail side. I was like, it's just a tube of blood behind there. And yeah. I was, I was, t- I was telling her that and she just, cause it looks so real and that she can relate with cause it's a kid mm-hmm. or a person getting their finger cut open. And then when, uh, Palmer took out, uh, windows with the whole head clamp, she's oh, like, like, she's like, I'm like, I had to cover her eyes. I was like, oh, man. yeah, and that was it. Like the she walked ra- off after that. The ragdoll effect of windows body just. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so, it's still lovely. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy so the good. shit out of it. It's so yeah, good. She- but she was asking questions and seemed to really be interested. Like she's getting, she's getting more and more interested in stuff we watch, even if it is scary. So I'm like, I'm like, this is scary. I said, I don't want you, you know, having nightmares tonight. She yeah. climbs up in his lap and starts watching it. There you go. It's funny to explain for those of you who have played Among Us because that's what I always call it because it's literally what this is, right? I mean, you that's know, what the game is, definitely had to have been based on it. This is very heavily inspired 100%. by stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, we're we're talking about, it, and she's, and I was like, I think it was her, my son, our young son, came up and he's like, "So, who's the imposter?" And I was like, "You don't know, like, but somebody's yeah. got to see him at the end to find out what happened." Like, no. No. Like this isn't the game. Like you, you don't know how it ends up. And the and movie just ends and you're like, who was it? <laughs> and then there's and there's not like a imposter or the survivors. Right, like this, right. it, it just doesn't ends. do that. Yeah, and it's you're just, just like, it just <laughs> oh man. So this, of course, got a cult following years later. I mean, it's it's rated top tier when it comes to horror movies now. Oh fuck yeah. Um they've made video games on it that kind of was a sequel to this movie where Mac survives and uh Childs dies. Like he was okay, actually was the the thing and <laughs> I I don't know the whole product. I know they've made comic books on it. They've done you got board games, novelizations, all that stuff. Um, that kind of go more in depth on certain things that they can't really tell you in the movie. And of course they came out with the 2011 prequel, which I thought was a cool idea. Yeah. I'm Fortunately, I just heard it wasn't executed. Well, well, I want to throw this out there. Nobody's going to call follow us up on this, but if anybody, you know, has a copy of this on the PS2, the thing that's not stupid expensive. Let me know. I want to buy it because I remember my cousin playing it and reading reviews. And people said it's actually a good adaptation of that story. Like, I've always wanted to buy it again. See if I have it because it, I've been it's finding gone some up in obscure games. Yeah, it's gone up in price a good bit. And I, yeah. I would really like to have, it, but I don't want to pay out the ass for it. So, not worth it. All right. Uh, so yeah, let's go around and talk about what we thought of the movie personally. So we're starting with Angela this week. Why are you squeezing my? Shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> it's preparing um, you. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> this is what we watched. This is the second time we've watched this recently. Second or third, yeah. Uh, I think in total. I've only watched, I think I've only watched it two times. Probably third for me. But. Definitely loved it way more than I loved E.T. I don't know <laughs> why <laughs> this bombed at the box office. Well, because, uh, but I mean, it's amazing how, you know, you get all these movies that people are like, oh, it sucked in theaters. And then later on, you get so many people that are like, yeah, I love this movie. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Trimmers. Perfect example. Um, but I, I loved it. I love Wilford Brimley. I won't make a joke, but <laughs> I, I, lo- 
I loved him. I can't even remember the first time I saw him. He's been in a lot of movies. He's been in a lot of movies, TV shows. Um, I love the guy that plays Coffer. You said you can listen to Keith David read things to you. I could listen to that guy talk. I like his his voice is just so unique. That dude just seemed and like yes, he would have been such old... a cool dude to sit down and like just have a conversation. Oh yeah, with. yeah. But yeah, I I loved it. I love the effects. Just everything. It was good. I'd watch it again. Definitely watch it again. What? <laughs> it's the thing <laughs> for video for for people watch the video. Are you done? I don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> This is probably my biggest regret as a film viewer, as I did not watch this movie sooner, because this is one of my favorite horror films ever. It's the music's fantastic. It's mm-hmm. so well paced. The the It's a slow burn at the beginning. It, it really is a slow burn movie, but that's perfect for this kind of film. Like it's a slow burn. Like I talked about people are in and out all the time. You don't know who's come in contact with what yeah. you get the occasional you get the occasional red herring, which is nice, especially in this, that it devolves into literally, as we've joked about here before, like Among Us, you don't really know who's killing people. It could be multiple people. It could be everybody but one guy. You don't know. And that's the best part about this movie is not knowing. They hold you in suspense. Like I said, the music's great. The effects are fantastic. Admittedly, there's a few that like you look at them like, okay, that looks kind of hokey, but it's whatever. It holds up very well for some of the shots that aren't the best. You know, just remember of the time that it came out. But for the right. most part, a majority of them look fantastic. I still don't know how the fuck they did some of this shit. Like, I look at, like, with the dog early on and stuff. I'm like, how the hell did they do that? Like, it looks so oh. convincing. And the poor oh. dog goes. The dog. Jed, the dog. Best animal actor ever. Now, the dog that was used in the beginning of the movie when they're chasing him with the helicopter, not the same dog as what the dog that was used inside of the facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jed was the one they used for, like, he's going around the facility and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Fucking great. Good doggo. Amazing. Great doggo. They actually had to paint a dog the same color scheme so it looked like him. That was the one that was running through the snow, getting chased by the yeah. helicopter with the guys who had the worst shot on the man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, how many times is he going to shoot? Admittedly, oh, I imagine man. it's somewhat difficult to shoot somebody from a helicopter. I'm just saying. Oh, I mean, I, I guarantee it is, but damn. Like, what about when the dog's one of them, running? Right? What about when he's they're on the straight. ground? The dog, yeah. yeah he's like, <laughs> all, right. all right, dude. Whatever. But uh, yeah, great, great actor. That Jed, the dog. Oh, God. By the way, it's, it's, it's a fantastic movie. If I could put like our thing that I talked about a few episodes ago, last episode, probably, I don't know when this is going up. Seal of approval. (laughs) Seal of approval on this fucking movie. Watch it if you have not seen it. I just hated the end. I wanted to know if they got rescued or if they died. But that's That's the best part because it's all about the lack of It's so nihilistic. That's what John. I hate being. I just hung out on that cliff like, oh. Yeah, I know. I think it fits for the movie, but I can understand your frustration. Yeah. I mean, that was John Carpenter's whole thing. Like, there's some some scenes in this movie that literally don't give you answers. Like, you see something happen, and it's like, you never get the answer to that thing. You kind of have to come up with it yourself. Like, um, Like, I could care less if 
Yeah. They like, what the figured fuck out what it man? was. <laughs> and, and who did the thing with uh, McCready's outfit? Yeah, exactly. Like, who did it? Yeah, that's great. It's, like I said, it's the lack of information that makes this movie wonderful. I wonder if it could have been Blair, though. He got out. But that wasn't, exactly. that was, that was, that was, but that wasn't until Blair, that was before Blair got out. But how many times do you think Blair got out? How many times did they check on it? Yeah, because he'd been at that for a while. Yeah. It's, it's what people like, what? Is, I mean, that was people another thing that really, like, I mean, that was the thing that really turned people off of this movie, too, was the fact that it, 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 there was a lot of questions that weren't answered. But that was Carpenter's whole point. It's like, mm-hmm. You have to think, use your, use your brain, you know, come up yeah. with your own conclusions. I mean, people are still, people are still asking this question and it's 40 years old. Like it's, if you, if a, something is keeping you, you know, talking about it, then it's doing yeah. its job. When it's, I just want to know if child's shot McCready out of spite. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, it's human nature to want to know things. Yes. Yep. I'm, I'm a curious. But for me, the not knowing is what makes it fantastic because it doesn't, a movie doesn't have to fucking tell you everything. Say for a game, like when I played the original resident evil, I love that game. When I first played the resident evil, it was the fact that you went to this mansion, excuse me, there were zombies and dogs and shit like that trying to kill you. And you don't know why you don't know. You're just trying to get through the place to figure it out. But I think the game would have been better if it didn't fucking tell you at the end. Yeah, I agree. To, and I'm the guy that wants to know everything. Like, yeah. I was a science major in college. Like, I like knowing things. Like, give me the answers, damn it. <laughs> but, uh, I, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but watching it last night, it just kept me going the whole time. Like, it just keeps you, I mean, you know what happens, you know when, you can, you know the beats yeah. of the movie going into it, but, oh, just the the effects, the the acting between all these guys. I think they all just have a really good chemistry with each other. Just the way that they kind of bounce off each other. Uh, some are a little bit outrageous, but I you always got to have those type of characters, and especially in movies like this. And Kurt Russell is just, God, I mean, what's not to love about Kurt fucking Russell? I mean, that dude just. He is the leader the whole time. I don't give a shit about Gary. Fuck you, Gary. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Dude, Mac is the man, and he just commands the room every time he's talking, doing anything, mm-hmm. and even like everyone just to see everyone respect him the way they do, uh, even though he's not the leader. He's the helicopter pilot, so I guess you got to be nice to them. Yeah, absolutely. They're the only way you can get out of there, <laughs> especially when you're on the coldest place on the planet. Yeah. You have a limited ability of how to get out, like you said. Yeah. You have like a tractor or a fucking helicopter, and that's it. So they filmed all of the outdoor shots in British Columbia during the winter. I so uh, all of those shots of them outside and stuff like that where they're cold, it's cold. Yep. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> of, and all of the internal shots were filmed uh, in London, but... Carpenter kept the temperatures to 32 degrees to kind of still get that effect. So like the natural being cold, like trying to pretend to be cold compared to actually being cold, two very different things. So he wanted it to be as authentic as possible. Um, Even though some of the actors thought certain things were miserable, especially the actors who had to be um, 
transformed. You know, they get covered in like oh, yeah. goo and shit, and it's cold. Yeah, it's not oh, a good time. Obviously. Not a good time. But it's the eighties. You can get away with a lot more things. Actor <laughs> abuse. Hell yeah. Uh, John Carpenter states this is his favorite film that he ever that he ever made. Uh, Kurt him. Russell puts his on the top of his list for you know favorite films he's ever been in. Uh, did you know that John Carpenter directed an Elvis Presley movie that Kurt Russell was in? Did you no. know that? Fun no. fact, everybody. Kurt Russell played Elvis Presley in a John Carpenter-directed Elvis <laughs> biopic. And now this year, celebrating his 40th anniversary, The Thing, with Kurt Russell, we're getting another Elvis biopic <laughs> next month. Why the fuck not, dude? Okay. Why not? All right. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. What? He did. Cool. He I had did. to look it up. Mm-hmm. Also, this movie is being re-released in theaters so, to celebrate its 40th anniversary. So if your theater, your local theater, is showing this, go see it. Because mine I'd is, and I'm going to have to go see it. Oh, shit. <laughs> I should find out if there's one right here. I would love to go watch that in theaters. Uh, there's a lot of really awesome classics that are being re-released in theaters this year and i can't wait they got jaws coming out in imax i'm like oh, i'm there please you've got it dude we've seen it in I'm theaters you have there. to do it too I wonder if i'm seeing it in imax yeah thymax thymax <laughs> et's being re-released uh because <laughs> of its 40th <laughs> do not do not talk shit about et the fucking great movie <laughs> i already did that i'm i'm the I only know. one that's allowed that's what i'm poking at a little bit, little bit. they're both great <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's all I got. You guys got anything else before we jump into this plot? Nah. All right, let's talk. I could throw this movie more, but we should just talk about the movie. Let's talk about the plot of the thing. John Carpenter's the thing. So this movie starts off with a spaceship crashing on Earth. Well, you don't really see it crash. You just kind of see it go to Earth, and then it turns to the coolest fucking title card, which is actually just the title card from the original from 1951. Yep, they remade. recreated it. Yeah, they just yep. recreated it. But it's still okay. one of the coolest title cards. It lands in Antarctica, 1982. We get a helicopter chasing a dog. They're hanging out the sides. They're shooting at this dog. They're not doing a very good job getting it. Uh, and this is a... This dog is part... It's a, I think it's like part wolf and part Malamute. Yeah. Which yep. is a cool mix. It's a beautiful dog. Yeah. It's spring in a straight dog. line. Yeah. He kept saying dog. I'm like, that's not a dog. So it's There's a, a little more dog. wolf in that dog. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to kill the dog, but they there's no no avail to that. We then go to this U.S. science station. We have all the crew in their rec room playing ping pong, hanging out on the couch, reading some stuff. And we meet McCready, who's playing some computer, some chess on his little computer. He's a sore ass loser. Oh, bro! Pours <laughs> his drink into it. Except, yeah, you cheating bitch. Yeah, I know. He's like, dude, who? Else? What if somebody wants to play chess? Like, you dickhead. It's it. It's it. It's in his shack, so no one else gets to play that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Fine. We find out it's a Norwegian chopper that's chasing this dog, and it chases it into the uh, U.S. station, and it can't get the dog. And it's throwing grenades at it. Like, they, they are determined to kill this thing. And I guess they're screaming in... Norwegian. Is it Nor- in Norwegian? And they're screaming that... Supposedly, it translated, it's... You know, it 
this dog, we got to kill this dog. It's not a dog. It's yeah, so it's, literally, it's something else. If you could, if you could read or speak or uh, comprehend Norwegian, you would understand that like this is the whole thing. Like they're telling you like this is the shit like, going on. Right. It's not just a bunch of crazy people, Norwegians with grenades and rifles. Yeah. Their own helicopter. Oh my god can we get to so they land the helicopter the guy whips out another grenade and it's a cartoon it's looney tunes he just yes. puts his hand back to throw it and it just whoop, flies out the back and lands behind him the one chopper pilot's like i'm out i'm fucking yeah. what are you doing bro yeah the other guy's just like ah, ah, gotta dig for it and uh yeah, he blows up along yeah, with the no. helicopter. <laughs> like, yep. wh- why would you go look for it? <laughs> no, I'm like, get the fuck out. <laughs> this hell, you, the listen. other guy was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, he had the right idea. So from what I'm told, grenades have a three to five second timer on them. But I assure you, you don't want to take that chance to which one it is, nor yeah. do you want to count. So no, I'll just I'm just, get out. I'm just running. I'm just running. <laughs> yep. So yeah, the helicopter and the uh, one pilot blow up. The Norwe- the other Norwegian is just he is dead set on killing this dog. And the dog uh it gets onto one of the crew guys. I think it was Bennings. Yep, and Bennings. And the guy shoots Bennings in the leg, which then the dog runs away, and then that's when Gary or Cap or whatever the hell they call him, he breaks the window out, which I don't I mean, does no one just, else have a gun? Just, Open the fucking window, man. Just, <laughs> just like, like you're in Antarctica, man hell of a fucking shot he does though oh he he pinpoints right in the eyeball because pink fuckers done so supposedly this character that they shoot is a crucial character from the prequel like you actually see this character more in the prequel the one that they shoot why do i feel if i'm gonna watch that and be like this doesn't add at all to the original i'm just gonna be disappointed i'm actually excited (laughs) to watch it because i just really want to see all those i do want to see two things But I have to go in there. I have to go into that one with the mindset like there's no way it's even close to as good as this. Because it's not. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we so because of all everything, they find out that it's the it's a Norwegian helicopter. They're Norwegian. So they're going to go check out. They're like, oh, wasn't there a Norwegian station not far from here? They're like, all right, Mm -hmm. let's go check it out. Mac is the helicopter pilot. So he's like, let's go. He bring it's him and Doc. Uh, so there's two doctors. One they call Doc, the other one they call uh, Blair. Yeah, Blair is a biologist and Copper is a physician. Mm-hmm. Both doctors. Yep. So they go to the station and it is ransacked. It is blown to smithereens. Fun fact, this is actually the U.S. station from the end of the movie. They filmed it backwards, so they filmed uh, oh. they filmed everything and then this scene was filmed at the end after they blew up the camp because it's the same exact camp. They just redid some of the interior stuff to make it look different. That's smart. That's how you make a movie right there. It's it's how you save money. Why why build something twice? So they go to the Norwegian station. It is blown to smithereens. They go in and try to figure out what the hell happened. They find a guy dead and frozen to a chair, his uh, wrist slit and his neck cut very deep uh, very i don't deep. know I, I mean i don't know how you do you, like that's that's a really intense like neck cut to do on yourself especially right after you slit your wrists yeah. it's really I'm intense one, i'm wondering if 
to make sense. Uh, Dosa too. Yeah. It's not just his facial. I don't expression. know, dude. And the fact that he still has the facial expression, like a scream, doesn't make any sense. But he would probably have been more slouched over with his eyes closed, or at least with his eyes open, his mouth closed. The fact that he's literally frozen to the chair like this, and he's got his mouth open. Yeah, like he's screaming. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. But unless whatever. that wasn't unless part of that was not self-inflicted. Oh yeah, that could have been. Yeah, I mean, I no knowing the story. Yeah, yeah, that could, that could have been. Could have been it. He may not be a human popsicle. He may be something else. So very true. McCready's hat is so fucking cool. <laughs> Dude, we talked about the ridiculousness <laughs> of his fucking hat. It's so cool. Oh my goodness. Did so, you notice it in the in the helicopter when yeah. they're, they're about ready to like? Did he put on a hat? I was like, "What do you? Oh, like I never realized the hat before." He, I was like, he walked into the wrong wardrobe. They were doing a western next door from while they were filming this, and he he took that hat. I'm gonna keep. Like, I'm, I'm taking this shit. I'm keeping this. now. Uh, we then go back to the <laughs> other camp where the dog is kind of creeping around. It's doing some weird stuff, and it's hiding something. The dog you, is odd. Dog was awesome. Was this the, the scene though, where the dog is slink, slinking down the the hallway, and then it goes yes. in a room where you only see the silhouette of someone, but you yep. don't know who it is. Yep. And you never know who it is. You can make yep. guesses and, of who it is, but you never actually know who that silhouette is. Yeah, and you see the dog like staring out the window as the helicopter so lands. Like, That's why he's a, so a dog. good. I know. I was like, I don't think a dog would normally do this, yes. <laughs> especially once that- around. Yeah, no, no, no. he stares out the window, which is fucking great. But he also, when he walks down the hallway and he looks in that first room, he never looks at the camera. They they say that all the time with like dogs is dogs always tend to look at the camera. Yeah. And they said that they didn't have to do that because he always he just always went to his cues. And it's it just yeah. so creepy. I mean, from the first time you see him just like come around the corner of the, the door frame. Yeah. It's just like he's not coming from behind the door he's coming and he just kind of makes his way yeah. down the so he's fine <laughs> but it's also the scene like where they go to leave for the Norwegian camp and he's just laying there under the pool table and he's mm-hmm. looking just like staring yeah oh man great great he, dog he knows what's going this shit ain't normal <laughs> Jed you're an MVP um, yes. we get the scene where Nalls who is the cook He's playing some uh, superstition from by Stevie Wonder. So it was uh, it was originally used, and then they had to remove it because they didn't have the copyright. So they had to change the song. And then when they got when the movie got re released, they got the rights back, so they were able to put superstition back into the film. Um, I love that Bennings <laughs> Bennings goes up to his door and he's knocking on. He's like, "Can you turn that crap down? I was shot today." <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like, all right, and never right. talk. Yeah, he literally he goes, goes over, over and does to... it. He just nah, <laughs> eh, nah. God, McCready and Doc. They oh yeah, they're. This is when they officially go into the camp, and we see all that stuff. Uh, they find a video recorder there, and a big block of ice with something missing out of it, and they're like, "What the hell could have been in this?" The, the, the same thing happens in the original film, but when they find the block of ice, it's like the silhouette of a man had yeah was missed like out of the ice. Of course, they didn't do it in this movie. It's just like a big hollowed out chunk. 
which is great. Like I, I it's obviously it makes more sense for this movie, but right. So this homage. So this film was actually more closely um uh, adapted from the book. Like this That's one correct. is a, a better adaptation than the fifty one film. Especially yeah, since films. it's more of a they, they talk more about the uh, the fact that it can assimilate into anything. Yeah. And the 51 film was a vegetable man from outer space. It was just a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was was weird. So they, they leave to find a mangled corpse outside, which this is one of the coolest, like this, this doesn't do anything, but it just, the look of it, the two heads that are morphed together and all the appendages and, but they don't focus on it that much. Like you no. get some shots of it lost burnt and some interesting angles from like the backside of the corpse looking up yeah. at the actors. And I think that's great. Instead of it being like, here's a down, like here's a, you know, a sky shot zoomed in like, of like, you yeah. see the entire corpse. It's more of yeah. like, you kind of have to create your own image. You see more yeah. of it later when they do an autopsy on it. But uh, yeah, it's a really cool effect. Keep it mysterious. Yes. And that's what makes this movie so great. And that dog be spooky. That dog just continues to spook the shit out of everybody. Uh, They bring the mangled corpse back to the camp, and they end up doing an autopsy. So the when they so with the corpse when they put it on the table and they open it up, there's they actually used this substance. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like A and C um, fluid or something like that, which is was used early on to you for smoke effects in film so it was supposed to make okay. it look like it was steaming and it was okay. really, it smelled really bad so when you see uh, Wilford Brimley reacting to the smell it's a genuine reaction because it actually let oh. off a pretty rancid or rancid odor so yeah in the middle really, of this corpse was on fire not long ago so. <laughs> and technically it probably didn't uh, smell good. according to the warnings of this substance you're not supposed to breathe it in and they're all hovering over this thing breathing yeah. it in Oh, man, the 80s. What a wild time. <laughs> right? Remember, our houses used to be filled with asbestos. So Right. Yeah. Mine probably still has some. <laughs> Let's get some drinking water from our lead pipes, everybody. Yay. <laughs> oh, Windows, can't you just get a hold of somebody? God damn it, Windows. Yeah. I drive for two weeks, and I can't get a hold of anyone. What are you on? You're, you're here. over here. You're in here telling me to call someone. <laughs> Windows is great. To, by He's the way, awesome. his reaction when when uh, Blair comes in and says that shit, he's like, you know, I've been doing this for two weeks, and you're just coming in here like call somebody. <laughs> oh man, we get another autopsy. This is uh, where Blair is doing it. Uh, he's going in and taking out a lot of the internal organs. He's like talking about how it's all normal. He's like, there's a normal kidney and normal liver normal heart like all that stuff and he's like well that doesn't look normal as you look (laughs) and it shows the heads the two heads that are kind of morphed together yeah so uh wilford brimley actually was you know he's a he was a farmer like he he was you know was taking care of birds of of cows and shit like that and he actually you know he was a deer hunter as well so he did his own dressing so this was normal this didn't affect him at all yeah yeah they uh let's see where the fuck am i i gotta like put my finger on where i am wasn't he the only one that wasn't affected by the yeah because they had allegedly used like real animal organs yeah in some of those shots yeah yep keeping it real guys (laughs) we go to um what uh 
Childs and who's the other guy? The the crazy one, the the pilot in training. Oh, uh, Palmer. Palmer. They go to their room. They're sharing a room, and Palmer has the largest joint I've ever seen in my life. This is our teaching child of the school. Holy shit, dude! That thing, watching, let's that make a thing is like that. That thick man. He's just. Uh. Yeah, it's so great. Childs. I love that Childs doesn't say anything. He just puts his hand out. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I, I was, we were talking about those. Like, what are so they going to do? They're not. They're not in the United States. Like, is he smoking? I was like, yeah. is he smoking weed? I'm like, that's huge. That's yeah. massive. Jesus, blowing somebody oh with it. God. Jeez. After they're done, they're on a different planet. Um, (laughs) So we go back to the rec room and the dog's still in there. And that's when Bennings, who somehow I guess is the boss of this place, even though he's not, is like, hey, Clark. And he's the guy who's in charge of the dogs. You know, why is that dog not locked up? I don't know. He's just been walking around. That's literally how Clark talks this entire movie. Yeah. Until he, until something makes him uncomfortable, and then he starts to his yep. voice starts to go up. But he's like, I don't know about. He's been near all day. He's like, go put him in the go put him in the kennel. Okay. <laughs> we we, yeah. we can't decide if he was spooked by the dog or the dog bit him. So the, I think he was spooked by the dog. I don't think the dog yeah. bit him. I think it probably okay. rubbed up against the leg he was shot on, and it kind uh, of was just more of a reaction, like oh shit type deal. And he's probably spooked. So. Could be. Yeah, so Clark takes the dog down to the kennel, and this is where it starts, and it's it's so fucking cool and terrifying, and I feel for these dogs, even though I know none of the dogs were injured or hurt during this movie, but fuck, man. The, so the dog, so it's cool because when the when he puts the dog into the kennel and it lays down, when you see the dog from behind, it's r- the real dog, and then anytime it would show the dog from the front, it was a fake dog. But the fact that it's just perfectly still and the dogs are kind of like chilling at first, but then they get really aggressive Mm -hmm. and then the dog's head just starts to like opens up four ways and you see the skull and then the skull just falls off. Yeah. And then the little tentacle things come out and you're like, what is what's happening, man? More. The dog's name is Jed, right? The, the, yeah, it was the dog's actual name. Yeah. 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 But like more kudos to that because Right. How uh, apprehensive the dog was, like going into the kennel, and then just kind of walked in there and just kind of stood there for a second, and then just laid down, but at attention. It looked yeah. like it was just yeah. just staring forward. Yeah. It wasn't acknowledging anything else. It was yeah. just there. It was so, like you said, just fucking creepy as shit. Like yeah. this dog is just so weird. So, it's cool that it's supposed to imitate a dog. Yeah, an imitation of a dog, but it wasn't acting a hundred percent like the other dogs. It no. was just like it just out of place. It was it was real odd. I mean, but that's a whole point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it starts transforming. Its head splits off, kind of like the uh, the demi gorgon from fucking Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah. And the tentacles come out, and it's got tentacle things coming out of its back, and it starts spraying this goopy shit. There's a dog legit chewing its way out of the kennel. I was like, I'm out of here, dude. Yeah, I was like, yes. out of here, yeah. and I was like, yeah. That's such a great that shot. It's got a bite. It like is. That dog is literally chewing himself out because he's like, fuck this. Like, yeah. like all the other dogs this are getting wrong. destroyed in there. And it starts, yeah. it starts squirting this j- jelly shit at it. Like slime. Which, oh my lord. It was horrifying. And then, of course, 
they start hearing the screeching from the kennel. So Clark runs down to see what's going on and he sees like there's one dog that's corpse is literally like like deteriorating and it like grabs onto it and it's like morphing and it's like it's so hard to explain the looks of these of like the different looks of the thing so you gotta you gotta remember this is one alien the whole time or at least that's what you're you're supposed to believe that this is one creature doing all of these things and it it's like the base of like it's just it's so hard to explain the looks but like it has a dog's head you know, it's like laying down. It looks like it's dying. And Clark's like, what the fuck is happening in there? Because the light got taken out, too. Yeah. Because when Clark comes up, that they don't even actually, if I recall right, they don't show because he goes in there and he sees like tentacles and shit moving. Yeah. And he slow, throws the door shut. And then McCready wakes up because he hears it. And when yeah. he comes in, that's when you start getting like yeah. shots and like pulling the other dogs in and shit. Yep. You're like, what the fuck is going He's on? He's like, child, go get child. He didn't get the flight door. And yeah, you're like yeah. the flamethrower, the literal weapon of choice uh, for this entire movie. It is legit the main weapon uh, of this movie. And it's awesome because fire effects are great when they're done right. Uh, yeah. This is why, I mean, just based on this movie, you're telling me that, that John Carpenter couldn't have just slayed Firestarter? Like, really? No kidding, dude. Jesus. Holy, I, the fire effects were so good in this. Yeah, it would have been great. If he had so, done that movie, I think it would have been great. So he, yeah, he gets, the, he tells Childs to get the flamethrower and like he goes down to tell him and he's just like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, what do we need that he's for? Like, he's just, like, you just, come on, go. come on, we gotta go. Fuck. Like, motherfucker, yeah. like, Grant gets up and like. So uh, Mac and I think it was Clark or maybe somebody else, they were just unloading on the, on the thing with shotguns and stuff. Just, just, just going ham on this thing. Yeah. And it like attaches itself to the ceiling and it looks like it's about to like pull itself through, but it like just smashes the ceiling and then it drops back down because Childs ends up hitting it with the flamethrower in the corner. It's just wild how quickly things just went from like normal to like just absolutely bonkers <laughs> apeshit crazy. Like it was just out of control. Well, remember also in that scene, it, it wasn't Clark that was shooting, I don't think, because... No, that's why um, I wasn't sure. Yeah, because I know um, it was a couple of the other guys. I think it was um, McCready and then, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Gary was out there shooting, too, I think. Oh, right, because he, he shot the one dog that had the tendrils. wasn't wrapped around, but it was actually in his body. And mm -hmm. then uh, Clark, well, Clark stopped reacted. him. Because he yep. was shooting the... the, the yeah. Because yeah. yeah, obviously Clark loves the dogs. Like he right. really loves these dogs. So like he doesn't, even though they're probably fucked at this point, he doesn't want to see him get shot. Well, of them survived. Yeah, but not the one that was wrapped in tentacles. No, for uh, now. I'm sure that one was done. The dog survived. Yeah, for but now. They get killed later in the movie. Um, we get another autopsy on the dog creature, and that's when uh, Blair is like, "Yeah, this thing can imitate anything." Like yeah, now, perfectly, like, perfectly, and you know it, it. That's why it was able to act like a dog and behave like a dog and stuff like that. And you know, it's it's one of those things that it could ease. You know, it could be any. It was kind of. It's not really stated like, "Hey, we could become it. Like we could be taken over from it." It wasn't really known by that yet. It was more of just like the. They were just looking over the dog and talking about what it was able to do. They yeah, still was had so many questions. Yeah, because it, it shows the body and they cut it open and he opens it up and he, then he explains like 
he was trying to ingest those other dogs to perfectly emulate those other dogs. Like that's what he was trying. Cause yeah. he, when he cut it open, you could see like there's another dog inside of it mm-hmm. that he was trying to yep. assimilate. That's when he starts going into that. So what they, so they take blood samples of the remaining dogs and Blair is suspicious of Clark because of course he talks to him. He's like, how long were you with that dog? He's like, I don't know, like an hour, an hour and a half or something. <laughs> That's when he brings up how long it wasn't in the kennel. So it was like running yeah. around the base, like what, like yeah. a day, yeah. a day and a half unchecked. Pretty much. Yeah. As soon as it got there from getting chased by the Norwegians up until that point. But, and that's when you could tell Blair's like legitimately concerned. Yeah. And I love this is when Clark starts to like, he's, he's like, why the, why the hell are you looking at me like that? Yeah. He's like, nothing. That's fine. Nothing wrong here. This is how it all starts. So good. So Mac and the crew investigate uh, where the Norwegians took the large chunk of ice uh, where the creature slash alien was stored where, you know, they found the spaceship in the ice. And I think it was Norris who states like it's been, if, I mean, this ice is probably a hundred thousand years old. So there's really yeah, no knowledge of how long it's actually been here because it was really it, it was quite a far way down yeah it was and um i love the 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 mix between you know the practical and the matte painting so like the spaceship itself is just a matte painting but the fact that they were able to get the actors or like the way that they were able to do the perspective of them walking onto the spaceship yet it's not actually there it's so cool so what did you say specifically about this scene, dear? It's a very specific thing you said. I said it was um, much better blue screen than E.T. Or green screen or whatever. Than E.T. When they were at that... It is. It's way fucking better. No offense, E.T., but that shot... You're not they're wrong. above the fucking bluff. Because no, you know, like, you look at this, you, get, you, you know it is, but it's not, like, blatantly obvious that it, they're, like, yeah. in front of a green screen. Like, it's, you can tell that there's, you know, the outline is off. Yeah. And I was like, but it's, it looks much better than. I'd say comparing it to like the scene in the beginning of E.T. where you got the guys looking for E.T. Yeah, that's what what we're talking about. Okay. I was going to say like the flying scenes are a little bit different. It's a lot more fast motion and. Yeah. Just the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. And I agree. (laughs) So they want to know. How all of this could have happened. How long has it been there? You know, why is it doing this type deal? Like they just, there's so many questions while they're doing that. Blair is running some simulations on, on a computer and somehow able to do this in 1982. is just wild, especially when you're stationed in Antarctica. Like the yeah. fact you have the, the computing processing power to do what he's doing but it determines that it could, you know, pretty much infect the entire world in 27,000 hours. So that is a huge concern. And before that, it, it has the probability that one or more crew members is already infected at 75%. Yep. And this is, this is, this is just one person making contact with this. And he shows that graph of just how quickly it would go from cell to cell to cell to cell. Because right. it can infect you literally by one cell gets in your body. It can just infect you. It's ridiculous. I mean, what's great about this is that you never see like someone get infected. 
Like it's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, he was stung by the by the creature and oh no, he's infected now. It's literally just it happens. Like yeah, somebody is you, just infected. The closest you get is uh Bennings. Yeah, um, Bennings. Yeah. Which we're about to get to. Right, right, right. That is that's the closest the you get. To time. Yeah, you don't even actually see it until nope. you know, uh Windows it's kind of already happening. Room. Right. Yeah. So Fuchs, who is like the understudy, I guess, or he works with Blair. He's a sense, uh, he's a uh, assistant biologist. Yeah, he goes to Mac about Blair. He's very concerned. He locked himself away, and he's just he doesn't know what's going on. So Max is like, "Well, get his books, study up on this thing. We need to figure this shit out." Oh yeah, we should point out that this 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 whole thing that Blair figures out, he doesn't. Outside of something that kind of happens a little bit later, he doesn't really tell anybody. Like no, in detail, it's just like, yeah, just he a found bit it out later. and he's taking his own precautions. Yep. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah. So they have to put um, the corpses into. I'm guessing just like a storage spot because yeah. they had McCready like take his stuff out of there, and you know, Windows is just like, why don't we just burn it? And that's when Benny's is like, why would you burn something that's going to give somebody a Nobel, a Nobel Peace Prize? Like this thing is, like this is a discovery. Windows, uh, Windows is on point. By the way. Yeah, legit. Yeah. Windows leaves, pans down to the corpse where this goo is coming out of it, and then this is the happens? burned corpse from the uh, other place. From the other, from the yeah, the 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 two headed mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see Windows look at it like he sees it move. Well, yeah, because or you can see it like almost like breathe. Yeah, because all yeah. this is happening while Fuchs and McCready are talking. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's jumping back and forth. Well, McCready, uh, Fuchs even tells him that the organism they brought in is not dead. There's still cellular activity in it. Yep. So Windows goes down. I don't remember what he was doing. Was he getting a key or something? I think so. I, I can't don't remember what it was, but he comes back and Pennings is like being assimilated. He is covered in like goo and stuff and being wrapped with the tentacles. So this was uh, miserable for the actor who played Bennings oh, because I'm he sure. had to be covered in like gelatin and shit. And it's, you know, carpet. Like I said, Carpenter kept the set very cold. So and with the gelatin and stuff on him, it made it even colder. So this was not oh, a yeah. good time for this actor. And so, yeah, so he is getting assimilated and that's when, you know, Windows leaves and he runs, he gets with Mac and he's like, there's, some, you know, something wrong with Bennings. And that's when they notice that Bennings runs out of the facility and, you know, they chase him down. And I love this fucking scene so much. There's really not much that happens in it, but it's just so good because Bennings falls to his knee. Well, it's not Bennings anymore, but he falls to his knees and he's got the fucked up hand. And yeah, both they, of his hands are like that. Claws. They're like yeah. not finished, like bones yeah. and meat. And he, you know, and Mac knocks over a barrel of gasoline and sets it. Uh, well, I just love right before he sets it ablaze, he just it does the weird scream. Like, yeah, it look, it's looks so at him almost blankly, good. almost blankly, yeah. like just and just screams this weird uh, noise. It's cool. And, and everyone is like around him in a circle. It's a great shot, great scene. Jesus. And then Mac lights him up. Yep. <laughs> Quickly turning into a dummy because that thing literally doesn't poop at all. Just yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. But yeah, love that scene. So they have to find out. Oh, wait. No, this is where. So they, they're like, where's Blair? After they do this, they're like, where the fuck is Blair? And this is where Mac is walking away. And he notices somebody comes out of the helicopter and like bolts. Yeah. Into, into back into the building. And he's like, Blair, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? And then he goes over to the helicopter and notices like he tore it all up. Is this where we find out about the underwear? The underwear? In the kitchen. The clothing? The one that's all pretty on it? No, no, no. That's no, before that. Nalls comes in and says something about how it's gross that somebody left these oh, in the kitchen. Oh, he throws it on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's somebody's uh, like... Un, uh, coveralls or long johns or something but the, the name tag is ripped off of them so they don't know who it belongs to huh. I think that's after all this maybe could be mm-hmm. so they yeah so Blair they, and then they walk in and there's uh you know Blair is taking an axe to all of the computers and all the, the equipment that's in the facility you know they're trying to stop him but he's got a gun and he doesn't care he'll kill whoever tries to stop him he's shooting at everybody uh, so the scene where Childs is running up the hall and he ducks down below or uh, behind Mac, he hides his left hand behind Mac because he's actually wearing a cast because before yeah. uh, he ac- ended up getting in a car accident and he fucked up his hand. Yeah. So he had a cast and they spray painted it black. <laughs> yeah. And they had to wear gloves too. So it looked but, like, he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So this is where. This is where he's kind of, uh, like you mentioned, Blair's just kind of ranting and raving about how yeah. if this thing gets out, it's going to destroy the world, and blah, blah, blah. But obviously, the people involved in that are not going to be paying attention to that. They're more concerned right. about him threatening to kill people here. So. Not dying. And not dying. So, so yeah, so he ends up getting stopped. He gets uh, <laughs> fucking punched a couple times by Mac. Mac comes in, just lays yeah. some fists on Blair. And then they lock him in a shed, a tool shed. And now it's time to find out who the imposter is. So they're going to use Blair tells uh, Mac to watch Clark closely, very closely, very closely. So, yeah, they're going to use the blood that they have stored to test who is human and who is not. And when they get to the blood, the blood's gone. And the only people who had a key or were able to access it was Gary, the guy who's the head of the facility and Doc. Yep. Cooper. Or Copper. 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 So I call him Doc because that's what Mac called him. Yeah. In the yeah. movie. And then Blair was always Blair. Yeah. yeah, of course. So yeah, so it's one of those things like now now it's like who you know, who's sabotaging it now? Now it's down to these two guys. Who who did this? You know, what are we supposed to do now? Uh Windows is scared. He runs away to get a gun. It doesn't end well for him. No, Gary no. Comes down, he stops him, but then he turns on everybody else. He's just like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck you're gonna do. Like, if you don't want me to run this place, and you, you figure out who it is. And I love, I, I don't love this. It's kind of fucked up. When Childs is like, I'll do it, and Max is like, Nah, fuck that. Yeah, he's like, maybe something a little more level headed. Yeah, yeah. like, eh, is that the reason? Yeah. We'll get into that. So yeah, so they have to take a test. For, to figure out who the imposter is. Uh, McCready makes a tape to tell people what happened if nobody makes it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, does like a manifesto. 
this is the this is kind of the worst part of this movie. So Fuchs, he is doing some research. He meets with Mac. Mac leaves. He's doing research, and then the lights, the all the power goes out. So he gets a candle. He is walking, and then he sees somebody like walk by, and he thinks it's Mac. So he like follows that person outside, and then it just ends. Like you don't see anything, which mm-hmm. I get. You want that mystery, but like. They later just find a charred body in the ground. It's like, well, that must be Fuchs because these are his glasses. And you're like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, and I agree. I understand what you're saying, but I think it's just more like you said, it's the mystery. Like, we don't know what happened. Specifically, it just adds to the whole like shit's happening around these people and it doesn't have to explain everything. Oh, but yeah. something that was pointed out to me is when uh, Fuchs is working and I think McCready walks into the lab to talk, talk to him. Um, He's not paying attention. You see uh, Fuchs kind of grab a um, a beaker. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. that's supposed to be a beaker of acid in case McCready tried to do something. Because mm. obviously, nobody's trusting each other. Yeah, I, I was just reading that. Line. I don't know how true that is, but he's apparently holding a beaker. I wasn't paying much attention to it, but it would add make sense given well, the context of everything. Something green, and you notice when Mac walks in, he's like really fast. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, so it's implied that he burned himself up. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things is like, you'll never know. <laughs> yeah, you will never, you'll know. never know. Mac it's visits really Blair herself, and Blair begs to come back in. He's like, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I want to come back inside. Which is weird because he wasn't saying that in the first place. Right. It's like dialogue changed. And I think that's it's all better now. If you kind of figure it out that he probably is the thing now because he's trying yeah. to, you know, manipulate, you know, they tried to manipulate everybody else to to bring him back in yeah. and the fact that he builds a ship uh for how long you know must have been a long time yeah, yeah. We found out about that ship. later yeah well we get we get some implications of how much time has passed but it's not a lot no like it's probably maybe like a week or two maybe at the time but i don't know it feels like it's, it's a so couple... much faster than that it feels like it's like a weekend <laughs> well because yeah. i know that it's the dog is there for like a day and a half when this before, like all that shit starts happening. And there's a thing later where he's like, all right, 48 hours or that storm's going to be here in six hours. And then when he starts recording, he's like, the storm's been going for 48 hours. Uh, so okay. yeah. probably five, four, five ish days worth of time passes. Maybe I don't that know. Makes sense. So they find a, the charred body of Fuchs, which is kind of like, okay, Sure. Mac gets left out in the cold because Knowles found something uh, to suspect Mac of being the thing. Uh, he finds like a ripped up pieces of his clothing. And so he well, also goes, Fuchs found that too before he died. He did. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, so Knowles abandons him. He cuts his he cuts his line because they were like attached to each other walking around the base because they were yeah, going to. Cool. Uh, Max shack. And so Knowles leaves him out there. He comes in. They talk about like, it's got to be Mac, man. And like, he, you know, we found his rip. Like, look what I found, man. And it says his name. It's all torn up. So they, so Mac makes his way back and I, man, he looks like he's fucking freezing. He's like white yeah. as a ghost. His beard is just yeah. full of snow. He's just like shivering as he's like holding the dy- the stick of dynamite and he's holding well it's not even a stick it's like a fucking old roll of it bundle yeah, yeah. and uh he's got the flare 
Because he breaks in through like the supply room window and he's got the key to it. But before this, you start seeing Norris having some stomach issues. Like he is, he's not having a good time. Like he's, he's in pain. So when Matt comes in and he threatens to blow it all up and then the other guys attack him, he gets them all off. And when Norris gets thrown into the supply, like shelving, supposedly he has a heart attack and dies. So after all that happens, they they want they they're, they're like fuck this we got to help Norris we got to you know so they bring him into uh, one of the rooms they start doing CPR on him and nothing's happening and you get like two different things going on yeah they get the they're like get the defibrillator and the other guys are arguing in the corner about shit and yeah. that's when we get the iconic scene of Doc like standing up or using the defibrillator and he goes to clear and the chest opens up. And just closes on him, and that, and it rips Rip. his arms off. Uh, yep. They they actually yeah, got from a like the elbow or whatever. So yeah. they got a stunt Jeez. double, uh, who actually was an amputee at that point. And what they did was they attached wax arms uh, that could easily be ripped off. But yeah, it was an actual, and they used a like a a face mold on his face to look like copper. Yeah, nice. Pretty cool. That's another thing I like about the scene is because, like you said, this literally could have been a scene of them just helping out uh, Norris, mm. but they had that and the conflict going on. So you have yeah. two things you're trying to focus. It's great. It, it's really great cinematography and directing and writing and 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 this is when we get the greatest effect of the entire movie. I'd say uh, yes. the Norris creature. Where where did the other head come from? Whose head was that? The one that it's comes out of his chest, man. Just another Norris head, dude. dude we see the we, head we, pops off from the back. Well, the oh, same thing happened right. with the dog. That must have been like actual. Well, that's the thing. Another dog head. That was Norris's actual head. That was the one that was hanging from the fucking. And then yeah, because it had the, it assimilated. The, the, yeah, this the assimilated head that would pop off and then became the spider. Yep. I love how the head's upside down when he becomes the spider. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool how it just kind of that stretch. So good. Yeah, the tongue that that, like like drags it along the floor. Yeah, because it's cool because you see his actual tongue, and then you see like the tendril come out as well. I was like, drags him along. He turns into the spider, and it starts crawling out of the room. And this is when we get fucking the best line of the movie. And I've already said it in this show, but I'm gonna say it again. And it's oh, Palmer turns and he just goes, "You gotta be fucking kidding." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then freaking Mac just lights it up. It's a nice little effect oh, they have the little man. the little thing in there, skittling around, scrutting around on fire. Yeah, screeching, screeching. Yes, the all sound, this whole yeah. scene is gone. The, no, the sounds awesome. that it makes, it's it's so eerie. Oh man! So Mac wants to do a test to see who else is a thing. So pretty much what they do is they strap down all the remaining crew except for uh, Windows. He never got tied down. Yeah, yeah. But they tested him first so that if he tested negative, then he could help Mac. So what they were to do... It was Windows and Nulls were the first two they checked. They they sliced their fingers such. Fucking so, good yeah. practical effects there. So they each got to cut their thumbs, get put some blood in little petri disc, a uh, petri disc, and 
they use it. He uses a copper wire. He heats it up. And then what if, you know, if the heat touches it, if it's a thing, you know, it doesn't like the heat, it's going to yeah. react. Yeah. The, so the it save itself. The idea is unlike humans where our blood isn't, it's part of keeping us alive, but it's not as an individual part of our body that operates independently yeah. where the thing is more like a Portuguese man of war, which is not a jellyfish. It's, it's a colonial organism. It's multiple organisms that live together and control a single thing. So we're, the thing, every part of its body is kind of like an independent organism. Yep. So it would react to heat. So I, the, the sound though, that it makes when they put, when he puts the copper wire in the, in the disc, in the dish and it like scrapes the bottom. It's so, I, I like got me every time. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, how many more of this? Wait a minute. No, keep going. No, no, no. This, it's not happened yet. Keep going. So they test windows first. They test nulls, right? Windows is looking sketchy as fuck in this scene, oh, too. Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, dude. And, of course, uh, the guys don't believe it. Like, uh, Childs and Gary, they're like, this is horse shit. Yeah. So they test windows. They test nulls. And then that's when they go to test Palmer's. And Palmer's, like, reacts. So they're like, and once it reacts, that scared me. I jumped. Not yet. Something else happened before. Uh, before they do the blood test, uh, Clark tries to jump McCready, and McCready shoots, right. him, in shoots him in the head. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and kills yep. him. Yep. He has like the scalpel in his hand. He goes after him. Um, yep. So yeah. So actually, to be honest, before they get to the Palmer one, they they test windows. They test. Clark and Copper to make sure that they weren't one. And yeah, because he, he's tests, like, because he was for sh- he was for sure it was Clark, Clark. and nothing happened. And he's like, well, that like makes oh, you so I guess that makes him exactly. Admittedly, admittedly, the whole situation going on, anybody else would have shot somebody else too. Oh, 100 like, Let's just be clear. I mean, Childs would have easily shot Mac. Not oh, only hundred percent if he was. If he tried to jump him, hell yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so they test all this, and then they get to Palmer's. Palmer's reacts, and that's when he starts to shake and stuff, and that's when uh, his, oh, man, so good. Like, his head starts to swell and bubble, and his eyes are, ble- yeah, it's, like, bleeding, and the other two are still tied to the couch, and they're fucking screaming, like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> right. And it, like, undoes itself, and it, like, goes up to the ceiling, and then it drops down, and when it drops down, it drops down in front of windows, and it opens its head sideways, and then just clamps onto windows, and just starts flailing them around. And the greatest ragdoll effect of just oh, windows' yeah, body just, <laughs> <laughs> just and he gets he gets thrown into a bookcase. Yep, they uh, they torch, uh, um, and Max having an issue with his flamethrower the whole time. That's why it's yeah. taking. That's yeah. why it's able to do all the things it was doing, and he finally is able to torch him. But it, it, this is a cool like callback to the original, the thing uh, from another planet, because it's kind yeah. of similar where uh, Palmer's body gets up, goes up in flames, and then it like just busts out the side of the wall. Yeah, yeah. But then, <laughs> but then it walks out, and Mac runs out and he throws a grenade at it. Now, in in filming this, uh, Kurt Russell didn't know the blast, like how bad the blast was going to be, and when you see him throw the grenade and it blows up, he actually gets thrown up against the wall from the blast. Really? Yeah, okay. and he actually got hurt. Like it wasn't he didn't get seriously hurt, but like it was like one of those things like he didn't expect it, so it scared the shit out of him. <laughs> oh, I imagine. Oh, what were you gonna say, Dan? 
Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I, I think in the original one, instead of, if I remember, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, um, is uh, he actually, if I remember, he doesn't plow through a wall in the original. He actually dives out a window. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I could and be then wrong. he just it's runs, a he just runs away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the craziest fire stunts I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Absolutely. I just love it when it transforms and the whole couch just goes up and they're yeah. Up yeah, and the get us the fuck out of here. Out of here. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, after all that happens, uh, Mac actually comes back because Windows starts to get it starts assimilating. So he's got to torch him to end that. Um, and then that's when we have to test everybody else. So I think Mac tests himself, or does he test himself last? I think he ever tests himself. He does. No, he, he ends up no, testing himself. Yeah. It. Okay. I have it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because it's during that whole. It's before. It's before uh, Palmer, and because he's like, I'm just going to show you like what I know, and yeah, puts like, in nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. It, the thing actually I like about this whole scene building up to it is because you don't expect Palmer. It's just right. he's just going through the line like, all right, here's another one, and then the fucking shit yeah. happens, and yeah. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. Maybe so, this is the word he does. Um, sorry, Childs and. Yes. Well, he does Nulls first, and, and then Childs, and then I love right before Gary gets tested, he's like, you know, I know we've all been going through a lot, but I would like to not spend the rest of this time strapped to this fucking couch. Yeah, yes. yeah. Because <laughs> Childs test Gary demands to be uh, untied. <laughs> I love that. He's like, get me the fuck out of here, and then he's literally there holding the flamethrower. <laughs> the the good thing about a lot fucking of this scene is, is, like, obviously, like, the creature's gonna know if it's infected, but these some of these people are they're so scared and so untrustworthy of people, mm -hmm. uh -huh. they themselves don't know if they're infected. Exactly. Because when he does it, they're like, Oh, oh thank like, God. Like they're so <laughs> relaxed because they're like, that's a great touch. Because yeah. when Windows, isn't he the one he's got the Yeah, he's got like a bruise on his head, Windows, because he looks like, sketchy as fuck. Oh, and you're he like, looks oh, so yeah. guilty. That's why you don't expect when Palmer yeah. goes, because it doesn't really focus on him at all. Yeah. So everybody else gets cleared, but Blair, they got to go up and test him. They think he's still up in the shack, but they go up there and he's not. Yeah. Like, where the fuck do you go? So they go and they discover a like access point uh, in the floor that leads to a spaceship being built in this ice cave. Uh, oh, something I want to point out before we get too far. I just want to mention this is between the time of um, Norris turning into a thing literally from that till after Palmer and um, Windows literally kills five crew members. Yeah, there's like four people. There's left. four people left after that. That, what, that whole scene is like five people get off or four people get off or yeah. however many. Like a, like a huge chunk of the crew just boom just in like a five later. minute period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But go ahead, sorry. So they, yeah, they, they discover the spaceship. They're like, what how the fuck? How long was he building this thing? This is crazy. We got to destroy it, though. So they go up, and this is when Nulls discovers that Childs is sneaking around now. Yeah, because before doing? they blow it up, because he's staring at the yeah. shack. Yeah. Looks out, and he's like, I thought I just saw Childs run out over that way with, like, a flamethrower and shit. Yeah, and that's when the power all the, all the power goes out. Yep. And they blow up the ship. And they start decided. They decide, hey, this is what we're gonna do. The like this thing doesn't like fire. It doesn't like it needs to. It, what it wants to do is it wants to get back into the ice. It wants to freeze again, 
to stay to stay alive so we need to try to draw it out with heat and all that stuff because clearly it doesn't like fly fire so we're just gonna start blowing up the whole camp <laughs> yeah we're he even says we're probably we're not getting out of here alive yeah none of us are this is a, a mission to just stop this thing from doing any more damage uh they determined that the like they go down to the bowels of the facility and Gary's just like the generator's gone and Max's like can you get it fixed up he's like no the generator is gone yeah it's gone, <laughs> gone. there's nothing there uh, Gary just Gary like wanders off and he gets ambushed by Blair who just shoves his fingers into his face and just, <laughs> just yep yep holy shit cool effect and I love just the straight like there's no reaction from Blair he's just doing it with like no emotion yeah oh so good then he drags him off Still attached to his face. Yep. (laughs) Just dragging him. Uh, I said he's got it. He's um, dragging him by his face skin. (laughs) (laughs) That's so weird. Uh, Nalls investigates. And this is when the, uh, is this when the tentacles start like popping out of the floor when Max trying to blow, is trying to like set up the. Yeah. Yeah, Because Nalls walks away and then you never see him again. You never see him again. You never see him again. Nope. And then that's Um, when he's like, he knows something's up. Yeah. So this where like the tentacles, they start like popping out of the floor, the floor grates and all that stuff. And uh, that's when we yep. get the, the Gary like creature hybrid where it's like Gary's face, but it's got like a creature's head on the side of it. Mm-hmm. Like the dog comes out of its chest. Like, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. It's just, just it, everybody. It's fucking crazy. And this is another great line by Mac where Mac is like, yeah, fuck you too. And throws a, the dynamite at it and just blows yes. everything up. Oh, so yes. good. And uh after after everything everything just blows up. I love the the wide shot, the far shot of all of the the rest of the facility just going up into flames. And Mac just wanders over to just a spot, sits down. He's covered in snow. He's freezing. He's got his he's got his booze though. The booze bottle that he said the whole time. He's got yeah. it. And uh that's when Childs comes around the corner. And he's like, Childs, where the fuck have you been? Yeah, and he's like, I thought I saw, I thought Blair. I saw Blair. Blair. And it's one of those things where I feel I, I, I really like this ending because of the fact of like it's just it's ambiguous. It's it. There's no solid answer onto who is actually a thing. Like, is I mean, neither of them could be. Yeah, he's like, so now what do we do? He's like, well. If one of us tries to do stuff, something to the other, we're not in much shape to do anything about it. Yep. So what do you want to do? Let's just wait a while and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then that just... Uh, Childs takes a swig of alcohol. Yep. McCready kind of chuckles a little bit. And the movie yeah, just over. ends. So there is Great. a theory uh, that Childs was the thing at the end of this movie because the fact that when you look at Kurt Russell in this scene, when he talks, a lot of... You know, he's getting a lot of steam coming out of him. He's gotten a lot of, like, you could see his breath a lot. It's very poignant of how much comes out of him. When Childs is talking or doing anything, there's not a lot coming out or or none at all. It was later debunked as it was just the way the, like, the way it was, it looked when it first came out. Um, When it was, uh, you see a lot more with the, like, you know, I watched it in 4K it yep. looks you can see that you know he's got breath it it's a cool theory 
I liked I like the theory, but it's you know I just like the fact is like you you just don't know. You Somebody don't said know. some. So I've heard a theory that it was something to do with because Childs was drinking the alcohol had something to do proving that and either he was or he wasn't. So there was a theory that because you never see McCready take a sip from that bottle at the end that Childs does that McCready actually puts like gasoline in it. Oh, uh, okay. So it was like gasoline instead of it being, you know, the booze that it was supposed to be. So like he has the bottle, but never actually drinks from it. And he gives yeah. it to Childs and Childs drinks it without a reaction. Yeah, because they really wouldn't know. That another cool sense. another cool theory. I respect it, yep. but I like the fact that we just don't know. It's yeah. just, it just feels it just to me, it's a it's a cooler, cooler theory. You don't know. But that is it. That is the 1982 John Carpenter's The Thing. It's a it's a long time coming. I've was very excited to talk about this movie. Same. Um Same. it's it's just such a, a classic and it's and it's just a film 40 years later, still holds up. Oh yeah. yeah. Great movie. And the, and the fact that it has this life after really getting ransacked back in the day, you know, to be able to be, you know, a top favorite, you know, horror film for a lot of people in the horror community. Uh it it's it's always good to see. But that's it. And uh we're gonna talk about the twenty eleven thing uh prequel at some point. I, like I said, I don't know when we're gonna do it, but it will be talked about on this show at some point because I really do want to dive into that one as well. But next week for episode 59 of the podcast, we are finally jumping into our next franchise. Yeah. A franchise that we that you all decided probably a month or so ago, but we're finally getting into it with the 1984 The Terminator. Yeah. Directed by James Cameron. I'm very excited to finally get back into a franchise. We're going to be covering Terminator. Terminator 2, Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis, and Terminator Dark Fate. I'm very excited. Very excited because they're because of it. this is though this is very similar though to d- when we did Jaws where we're starting out strong and then it's just going to keep it's just going to go down. <laughs> it's just woo. <laughs> Before we close the show, a couple okay. things I want to say. Mhm. Uh, the thing is a masterful way of making a suspenseful, intense film without loading it with jump scares. Couldn't agree more. Secondly, uh, I don't think she, I don't know if she listens to this, but mom, this is better than the 1951 movie. I'm sorry, it just is. <laughs> Thirdly, you just need to have your mom listen to this episode. If she doesn't listen I'm to any other ones, so let have her I, listen to this one. I'm gonna send her a link. Like, mom, just listen to this or one other thing. Mm-hmm. Just listen to it. Be open minded. I hope she hears this. I really do. Thirdly, uh, and aptly, go check out our Jurassic Park three yes video or yes. podcast. Listen, mm-hmm. watch. Please. I heard you hit your. It's a, it's a great episode. I can hear it in my headphones. So we've been asking every week for people to leave comments and thoughts on these on the films that we've been covering. We didn't get anything for this week, which I'm sad about because I wanted to hear people's thoughts on the movie. Because uh, this is it such too. a. Me too. Yeah, it's fine. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna tell you now we're covering Terminator next week. So please send me uh send me DMs on Twitter. Uh, email us at dissect that film at gmail.com. We're going to put, I'm going to post all that stuff down in the description. I want you guys to send me thoughts and memories or whatever of your, you know, feelings on the Terminator uh, so that we can share them on the show. We don't even have to share your name. I just want to share people's thoughts on the movies yeah. because it's really cool to get you all involved because you're the reason we keep doing this. Uh, and, you know, I just want to have that uh, interaction with you all. 
So please email us, DM us, whatever, which way, just uh, share your thoughts on what, uh, on uh, the Terminator um, so we can share them for next week's show. So yeah, please. I'm very excited. Terminator, please. Terminator franchise. The ter- I haven't actually watched the first Terminator in a very long time, so I'm very excited to hop back into it and watch it again. But until next time, I am your host, Brett Parker. That is Dan and Angela of DNA Gaming. We are Dissected Film, and this has been the Dissected Film Podcast, episode 58. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.